Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Card Authority, episode 17. Who would have thought? Who would have thought we would have got there? We're obviously here at RGB Collectibles in our new studio. We've been very busy the last few weeks, but never too busy to bring in my co-host. Some call him AJ2. Some call him Jankosaurus. Some call him Weird Al Jankovic. How are you, my friend? I am just fantastic. As well as someone can be after their team gets thrashed the night before. Well, we'll talk about the football very shortly. So let's just check if we've got some sound here. It looks like we've got sound. We've got sound. Beautiful. G'day, Mason. How are you, mate? Hey, Mason. Welcome on board. Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Obviously, uh, yes, the football was not so pleasant for Adam last night, as we would have seen from uh, the post on our page. But um, when you're going against the back-to-back -back world champs that are right in the middle of the dynasty, these things happen. G'day, Pete. G'day, Mitch. G'day, Mitch. Uh, G'day, Jacob. Jacob, would you believe that uh, just above my right shoulder, above this shoulder, just up over here, yep. off camera, you can't see it. We've got another 32-inch oh, yeah. monitor up there with the footy. Go oh, there you oh, go. Yeah. There you go, Jacob. That was just for you. Yeah, so we've just got footy on. G'day, Kano. How are you? on in the studio at the moment. Well, I'm still friends, Kane, with Jenks, <laughs> but... Uh, that happens when you're a part of the winning team. I know, I know. Well, honestly, Stephen, when we uh, we looked at the schedule, we kind of thought you guys would have just put Collingwood away by this stage. So, uh, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, good to see you too, Mitch. Thank you for coming in yesterday. Um, look, obviously, it's been a huge couple of weeks since we've been here. Um, we've been having new releases. We've been crazy at the shop. It's busy at RGV breaks. It just seems to be busy for us at the moment, but... Hey, we, this is what this is what started it all. We yeah, love doing it. Absolutely, it's a little bit longer uh, between our last episode and this one of Card Authority. Between drinks, yep. yeah. Um, we obviously got a couple of mini episodes up, which was cool. But uh, settle, gribbler, I can yeah, block you. Hopefully, we won't uh, be this long between between the next one. Just uh, as you said, it's been absolutely crazy. A multitude of different releases have come out. It's all been going on, and uh, looking forward to dissecting it all tonight and uh, having a. A good conversation with everyone to see what people want to talk about as well. Absolutely. G'day, Squid, Lucas. How are you guys? Um, yeah, look, obviously, well, I know we are going well. The football's going, but uh, don't have to be quarter time soon, and then you guys can all just focus on us. <laughs> um, so, look, obviously, yeah, it's been really busy. Um, last time we spoke, well, we've done a couple of little mini podcasts. Yeah. Well, mini, mini cars, should we say, from out in the other room. Footy stars, team coach, heritage. We'll talk about what's coming next soon, but um, how do you think everything's gone over the last month for the community? So it's all been a little bit of a whirlwind. Um, obviously, you and I have had a few chats about this and different people who have come past and visit us in the store or in the studio. We've had a lot of different conversations with people, and I think the first thing is let's start off by saying there's effectively been three releases. It's mid-April. Yeah. This is like... This first three months, that January through to March period is like the quietest time for, for AFL cards, especially yep. uh, under normal circumstances and, and feels like it's just been huge already and it's setting the tone for a massive year. And I think, you know, where we had brilliance come out in the back end of last year unexpectedly, which just kept the momentum of AFL cards going and then bang, 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 these releases, you know, obviously footy stars, there was a lot of anticipation 
but I think team coach really came out, you know, out of left field there for a lot of people. And yep. that's given another win to AFL cards. And then you've got the whole heritage thing that's happened. So it, it's, uh, it's been massive so far. Like it feels like the first three months has been as big as what a previous year could have been like. It's crazy. So yeah. I think what's coming and what's ahead is just, uh, it's going to, it's going to be huge. Yeah. Crazy. And, and that's right. You know, we, we talked a little bit of that sort of, Footy stars and team coach were pretty much already out yeah. by the time the season had started. Yeah. Um, and look, we'll, you know, let's wind back a little bit to that. So obviously footy stars, first of all, we'll touch on it. it there was an incredible amount of hype. Um, Select would be thrilled that it sold out as quickly as it did. I mean, you can still buy some loose boxes and things like that. Yeah. But the, the reaction and the response over those first few days was phenomenal. Um, it seemed like... Everyone was gobbling it up as quick as they could. Yeah. Um, would it have been? Do you, do you think it's been a successful release? I think it's been obviously a hugely successful release. Um, probably the the thing that comes to mind for me with respect to what's happened with Footy Stars this year is just like fast and furious. Like it, it mm -hmm. is is what springs to mind immediately. It was just fast and it was furious, and people went hard early and sets were completed, chases were completed within yep. days, maybe weeks, as opposed to months, as, yep. as what it would normally be. Um, traditionally, Series 1 is was a product that you'd continue to just pick up throughout the year, yep. whether you did it as singles or, or as packets or boxes, whatever it is. So I think the release just, just went crazy, obviously. Um, you know, we obviously did a bit of forecasting on it, it sold very quickly in the particular formats that, that we had sort of anticipated would with respect to cases and then also starter packs. Yep. And as you said, now there's obviously just loose boxes available um, and the product is scattered throughout Australia in some places. I've certainly found it very difficult at retail to find it. There's not many places that seem to actually have any stock left. Everyone yep. was slammed and it seems like the feedback in terms of like my local news agencies and, and servos and, I try and sort of ask the guys behind the counter, you know, questions without probing too much. And the general consensus is, is like the stuff gets delivered to them and they get smashed and it's that <coughs> they don't understand it. Yeah. Like the, the clerks, the counter clerks at the servos that they can't, they're not, they're just like, it's really strange. This stuff came. And as soon as we opened, it was on the counter. Someone came in and just bought it all sort of thing. Yep. And that's, that's the recurring theme. So I really don't think there's much product actually still out there. Yeah. So, and look, obviously there were, it was well talked about that there was a, a split in the shipment um, that they delivered somewhere between a half and two thirds, I imagine, in the first run. And then that remaining part has already been distributed now to mass market yeah. and news agents, things like that. Yeah. But I've been asking the same thing. I've been speaking to news agents and the general feeling is that they can't get enough of it. They want more of it. Yeah. But can't also work out why it's in such high demand. That's right. Very similar that's to what right. you said. Yeah. And I wonder whether or not that's a product of not only an evolving market that we've all been seeing develop over yeah. the last 12 months, yeah. but there was so much hype and demand. People were just so hungry to get themselves into new cards. Yeah. So you put that aside for one second, and then Selective actually delivered a pretty, or not even pretty good, a bloody good Series 1 release. You know, there was a hollow in every pack. The inserts were a better yeah, quality. The, the volume of numbered cards, all the predictors yeah. and everything. It's, it's, a, it's, so it's a bit a, of a perfect It's story. sort of unprecedented yep. for a Series 1 
product. But what's really interesting is that I think a lot of people and probably including ourselves at certain points overlook how loaded the product is because our expectations have become so high yep. off all the previous releases over 2019 and 2020. Yep. You know, it's, you know, sometimes we just need to take a step back and realize this is still a $3 a packet series yeah. one product. Um, the chase is well and truly alive for all the big hits outside of the marquees. You've got the Brownlows, the Coleman's and the premierships, which are all live in season hits. So yep. Those cards will continue to fluctuate and demand will fluctuate as the season progresses and based on the hype of team's performances on a week-by-week -week basis. Well, so. you bring up a really good point there. I feel like, and I guess I talk a little bit from a breaker's perspective, later in the year, that footy star stock is going to have an absolute premium attached to it. Because last year, there were plenty of people breaking certified 16, 17, all these other Series 2 products from yeah. previous years. They're not really around in the same quantities they were. Correct. So come July, August, September, when you're looking for product to mix in with Series 2 and whatever it might be, yeah. you're going to have this product with three predictors in it. Well, that's super live, and it's a cheap, breakable product Absolutely. as well. So Absolutely. So it can be broken really cost-effectively. And, yeah, with multiple live hits, it's not like, okay, so if you manage to get your hands on some 2017 champions or footy stars, whatever it was, the footy stars then, yep. which has the Dusty Brownlow predictor, yep. that's your only chase card right now. Yeah. So if that product's going into a break or someone's opening a box or whatever it is, they're only chasing that car, whereas this series will effectively have three live hits at all times, yep. like yep. predictor hits at all times. So it's actually going to have some really good added value. And again, like you talk about if the Tigers get up or if Dusty wins the Brownlow or something, yeah. the value of those hits, yeah, the value of those hits is going to be quite extraordinary. So, and even um, common. Yeah. There's going to be multiple teams that are actually going to be drawing, yeah. whereas last year we were all looking for Lockie Neal. Yeah. But, I mean, literally there could be three different teams or flavours that are in full contention comes that, in that's July right. or August. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's why I always thought putting the, adding the Coleman in this year. Well, firstly, last year by adding the Premiership Predictor was a really smart move, but then putting in a third, like the Coleman Predictor yep. and that third type of Predictor really... It, it, it's a significant gain for the product in terms of a value add. So that's yeah, uh, absolutely. That's that, I think that's really good. And I know we've previously discussed that at length. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's a. So I mean, yeah, Footy Stars did a very good job. Then obviously, Team Coach kind of came out of nowhere, and obviously, I was incredibly, I wouldn't say critical on it, but I, I certainly was um, very hesitant. And I think that they have done great things for certainly accessing certain parts of the community and getting engagement from some of their product. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the Goldcraft card was well talked about and super popular. I mean, I still have my hesitation on the long-term collectability of the other aspects of it. Yeah. But they certainly, you know, I've bought a Dusty card, you know, which probably 12 months ago you would have laughed at me if I said I was going to do that. Yeah. Or I would have laughed at myself. Yeah, you would have laughed at yourself, yeah. So I think right. that's done some good things with some crossover for people that perhaps only ever bought Team Coach yeah. and now going to be looking and more hungry for other products that Select are going to deliver because they've increased or they've done a little bit better than what they've done in the past. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Team Coach thing has is, is been really interesting. It's very much come out of, out of left field, as we said before. Team Coach was a very collectible product Scribble. back back in uh, back in early days. <laughs> um, you know, in that two thousand to two thousand and ten sort of era, 
it was very collectible. They changed the way they targeted the product and how they how they put the product together. They became a very, very largely consumed product by the mass market. Yep. And then they did a few things this time around to make it a bit more collectible, which again is probably a very smart move, just like Selector's been doing. They acknowledge that the market's really hot at the moment in a collectible sense and yep. in a in, from an investment side, a speculative side. So both companies have you know re really come to the fore and and made upgrades to their product to accommodate what the market requires yep, and what the market true. needs to, to keep growing and to keep being fueled so to speak and ultimately the people you know the sentiment and the the, the expenditure and the collector's base of what people are doing is the determining factor that both companies and both products have seen great success Yep. in the early parts of this year already and, and it's it's a it's a credit to the market and a credit to the people but also a credit to them to, for, for delivering collectible products or, or, or things that people want to want to acquire so based on what you said there people want to acquire it they're hungry for it yeah. everyone's got an appetite whether it's select or whether it's team coach does in my opinion, it feels like it was a it was like steroids everyone was turbocharged everyone was consuming consuming it's consuming but does that have the reverse as well that it drops off and you hit this crash is a bad word but is there a huge dive because everyone just has to take a breath well i i think at the moment things are spaced out enough and this has been a cheap product as well so the discretion we spend and in terms of the proportion of money people yep. are spending is not as significant as what it may seem because of the amount of cards you're seeing on the market yeah. There's a lot of cards on the market, but that it, not as much money has been thrown out there to, to make that happen. So, so people's exposure is not as Yeah, bad. the exposure is not, yep. as, not as significant. It's more than what it would be ordinarily in the year before or the year before or the year before, yep. but that's just the nature of a, of a much more matured market and a much more expanded and bigger market, and people have a bigger appetite to spend. I think as long as things are spaced out correctly, that's the one, one aspect of it, but the other one is what are the products that are coming and what's in them if the perception is that they're collectible and people want them and they have value to them well that will continue to to keep the momentum going ultimately and i think like you know our expectation would be that again we've just gone through three dollar a packet product and it feels like we've just gone through a massive hobby release or a double hobby release yep so the fact that the hobby releases are now coming up for the remainder of the year is probably an indicator it's going to be huge like i don't know i've been saying it for a while i'd be very surprised if there's any form of significant downturn i always say there's always going to be those little corrections here and there and there's little waves and things move almost on a weekly basis but ultimately if if we take a measurement of right now and a measurement in mid-december i think the marketplace for trading cards and, and afl cards will be bigger in december 2021 than it is right as of today yep. and that'll be represented by more people higher card values and harder to find cards absolutely less depth in the market I, it's funny and the, the even though more product is getting bought and consumed quicker it feels like that product is being spread out more and we talked uh maybe it was on a previous show or sometime in the past i can't remember we, we've noticed through ebay sales through our own accounts these are names that we don't recognize yeah. whereas last year you would recognize 50 percent of the names that the sales would be yeah. through there are some days that we'll have 
you know, a dozen, two dozen sales. No, no, I've, I've never no. seen any of those yeah, names. I think, I think we've about ninety-five percent of all our sales on our eBay store and web store since the release of Footy Stars. So that carries through Stars and Team Coach. Yep. Then ninety-five percent we don't recognise, and they're first-time buyers. Yep. And they're not from the the Facebook community, and they're not from the Oz Car Trader community and the tight knit knit hobby community. So again, the you know several hundred people that are on the Good Vibes page, the few thousand people that might be on Oz Car Trader, all that sort of stuff. It, good, good point there, Pete. Yeah, heaps of new events. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. Well. So, and that's the thing. Again, yeah. that's representative, Pete. There's just so many people out there. So you know, we talk about and we've talked about on other episodes that we you know we try and judge the market by using little little things in in terms of the community we look at what takes place in terms of interactions when we're running a poll and saying well who's getting it or who got it or or who did it we look at that and we take that as a sample size of the much broader community so if we're looking at the facebook page good again good vibes i think has what about 700 odd members or something and we can say that that only actually accounts for maybe about five percent of the broader market of people who are interested in the cards yep um so there's well over 10,000 people out there competing yeah. for purchasing. Good point there, Asha. That's right. Not every collector is on Facebook. My dad wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Spot on. I think that's a good snapshot. And, you know, we, we had a customer that came in today at RGB Collectibles that hadn't looked at cards for 20 years. Yeah. Went and bought a couple of packs at the servo and was, you know, loved it. Loved it. Did a Google search and turned up here and bought a box and a folder. Yeah. Like, Just wanted to get involved. And, and then that's the right. next day their mates came back. Yep. You know, we've had a couple of tradies, including one that came back today for the third time. You might even be watching yep. now tonight. But uh, the, the, this is the nature of it. it. It's There's two things going on here. One is what many of us have found. We got a card, we picked up a, a card, a packet, whatever it was, after many years of not doing it, since we were much younger, we got excited and we started to get back into it. But also now there's a lot of coverage. There's a lot of media. There's... It's hard to escape all the sponsored pages on Facebook, no matter who you are. Yeah. Well, so, so people are inquisitive about it. They go and dip their toe in and they love it. Yeah. And, and, you know, they love all aspects of it. It's, and it's, and, and I think, you know, Pete's got, a, uh, Paul's got a good comment there. I'm still amazed how many people are <coughs> me that I've never come across. I think we're finding too that there's cross-pollination of different communities. You know, like obviously Mitch came into the store the other day he does some stuff with coins. Yeah. You know, there's people that are in NBA or they might be in cricket or they yeah. might be in Pokemon or, yeah. you know, comics. Yeah. You know, they're starting to get this cross of shoes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, sneakers. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a cross-pollination. Yeah. That's right. And, and even like, you know, I was having dinner with a few mates the other night and they were like, there seems to be this trend of poker players. Yeah. Poker players go to crypto, they go to That's cards, right. they go to Top Shot, they do all these things. And they all seem to find these. That's right. Well, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a lot of people also looking for the next big thing as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah the the yeah. speculating. So, yeah. you know, you've got the collector's aspect, but we do have a lot of people at the moment looking for the next thing. And I, I like, I, I really like this side of it because I think part of the, the challenge or not even the challenge, but part of our responsibility as people involved in the scene is to try and take those people and also convert them into collectors. And I yep. think it's happening a lot. And I think you get a lot of people who are coming in to have a bit of fun and entertainment. They jump into some breaks and, and have a bit of enjoyment. They don't, they're, they're not yep. into cards yet, or they come and engage in some way. At first, they're just there for the entertainment. But then all of a sudden, they get the cards. Yep. And they like it. So then they want one that's from a player that they love or a team they love. Yep. So they go and try and do a trade with someone. 
they engage with a member of the community, they feel the sense of community, and then they want to participate, they want to be part of it. And I think the amount of people we know, we've lost count of the amount of people we know from our personal life or from other areas of our life who somehow have coming across cards, whether it's through us or not through us, and then just getting full on into it. Like, yeah, absolutely. like almost on a weekly basis, there is a, a new person that we know that each of us know that's getting into it. Yep. So if that's what we know, then what about everyone else? It would be the same for so many other people. So th there's lots coming in, you know, you know, on a daily basis at the moment. And, and, and it's amazing. It's and, like, and amazing, that, yeah. That's a good comment. So, oh, a good point you're making. That ties in a little bit what Ash just wrote there. It's a bit big, Ash, so I won't put it on screen. But with these new people coming in that might come in, whether they are speculative, they might be flippers, whatever, is it kind of a responsibility of the community to not educate them, but show them the guide good, them, guide, guide them. them, yeah, guide, guide them. them, and show them the good sides of guide collecting. Them. You know, we've got a friend who we won't mention, Oren, um, <laughs> who you know early on really loved the entertainment of breaks, yeah. loved the community side of things, and was never really a collector. But over a few months, and us saying you'll probably become a collector, yeah. Is now a collector is it, and has a targeted collection. That's right. It's and identified that's, what he wants. That's it. And, that, and the irony of it is that is so representative of so many people. And I'm sure Oren won't mind us talking about this. And we obviously like to talk about a lot of people in the community because we can relate to those stories. But exactly that. Oren came in on the break side. Yeah. Oren's a personal friend of ours. We a lot of people know that we all have friendly poker games and things like Maybe that. We have a bit of fun with him on our breaks <laughs> and stuff like that. That's right. And, and, and yeah. And Oren came in during COVID, like so many others, to have a bit of fun in some breaks. For one, some entertainment, but two, chasing the hit yep. to try and turn it over and put a win on the board. Yep. And early on, did exactly that. Got in a bunch of breaks, got in a bunch of randoms, hit things, turned them over. On so many occasions, I told him, you're going to regret at some point don't flip this card. Don't get rid of this card. It's Essen and you want it. No, 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 I don't want it. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I only want this one James Fair card. I'm not interested. And slowly but surely over time, that whole, it's the whole broad aspect. It's not just about the card. It's the chase, the acquisition, the process you go through, the conversation, the friends you make, the social engagement. It's everything. It's all aspects of it. Yep. And, and that is such a great example of, what I would call one of the new breed that's coming through, where they're coming through for entertainment or they're coming through for a punt or whatever it is, yep. but they, they are falling back in love with collecting and with cards. So, yep. yeah. And, and look, Gribbler, I won't put your comment on screen, but um, I, I think that's a good point, that if you've got friends coming in, you've got to let them understand and discover things for themselves but direct them to the good communities, direct them to the pages that you actually engage in on yourself. Yeah. Of course, there's some trial and error and you've got to discover some things. You know, yeah. I'm trying to get this as positive as possible. But, you know, it's not a responsibility, but let's guide these people. Absolutely. You know, I know I get plenty of people asking me about it as you do. Yeah. So let's all wear it as a badge of honour as yeah. part of this community yeah. that we're going to try to make it as enjoyable and as palatable and educate people. Absolutely. You know, help help them have good experiences. Yeah. Um, so, look, I think it's a really good thing as this continues to grow. Uh, yeah, the nostalgia. Yeah, Kano, okay, that's a good comment. Yeah. yeah, Kane from Box Break TV. And I must say, Kane is certainly one of those people that's 
um, build himself a really nice community over there at Box Bike TV. Yeah. You know, it's doing really good things. So make sure you check it out. Yeah. Um, and the, the nostalgia is exactly right there, Kane, because it scratches an itch. Well, that's right. You yeah. couple the nostalgia with being, in most cases, an adult with some sort of disposable income. And all of a sudden, it gives you the memories of when you were younger. But the difference is when you were younger, you saved up a month of pocket money to be able to buy one packet of footy cards or one packet of basketball cards or that Shaquille O'Neal card or whatever it may have been. Whereas, And you always looked and you'd be in the shop or at the market stall and you'd see those incredible cards with those you know, several hundred dollar price tags or several thousand dollar price tag, whatever it was. Yeah. And those were the holy grail. Those were something that you knew as a kid was completely unattainable. Now, you then you skip through life and you go through parts of life and you, whatever it may be, you go to school or you go to uni, you have a job, but all these sorts of things, you have a family, different things. And, and collecting and cards is not even on the radar. It's yeah. something you completely forget about. But then all of a sudden something happens that triggers you to engage with cards in some way, shape or form, whether it's looking for your child, grabbing a pack at Sev's when you're picking up a, a meat pie, whatever it is, and that feeling of nostalgia, then all of a sudden couples with the fact that I'm grown and if I want something, I could get oh, it. Yep. Do those things still exist that are in my mind from 20 or 30 years ago? Yep. I'll go online and I'll go on Google and I'll go on eBay. Wow, there's a signature card for Scott Pendlebury or there's a Nathan Buckley SIG that I always wanted when I was a kid. Scratch the itch and you're off and going. Yep. You're off and going. And look, you know, Pete's made a good comment. His brother's an NBA and soccer collector, but due to price, he's sort of switched over to AFL. And Mario as well here, you know, my current boss knew nothing about cards before I started with his company. Now he's making more money flipping cards than what his rental properties return percentage-wise. And I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Yep. Um, obviously, he sounds like a pretty smart fella, and you've obviously given him a fair bit of advice, Mario, but I um, wouldn't recommend everyone doing that. But um, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, Kano, that's right. As adults now, we can just uh, you know, buy things. That's right. Yeah. And here's the thing. The tyranny of distance is no longer an issue due to the internet. Okay? Yep. I, I, don't get me wrong, I am loving the old school style trading that we're doing out of the store at the moment. People yep. coming in, yep. bringing folders, count boxes, we're just doing trade outs, people are filling their sets, I'm loving it, it's awesome. But at the end of the day, the interconnectivity of, of the web and, and of social media yep. allows us all to engage from a huge geographical distance from each other yep. and still be able to do buys, sell, trades, converse, and whatever whatever else it is. So that is, again, another really significant factor of how, how the industry or, and the hobby continues to propagate. Further. And change, too. And change, yeah. And Kelly, yeah, don't worry. Uh, <coughs> you're a Tigers collector. We all understand about not having any uh, disposable income after cards. Yeah. Um, all right, so look, obviously, we've, we've... It's been a great month, all right? And we'll talk about heritage in a second, but... It was announced today, and, and Robert, I haven't ignored your comment. We will talk about the Collector Club a little bit later. Um, but in the Collector Club press release, they announced, well, the first time kind of officially. They said Prestige. Prestige is coming. So whether it was a typing error or not, well, yep. they've said it now. So yep. no. So knowing Prestige is coming, all right, and we're excited. Yeah, but you know, I love Prestige. Prestige, 
was the first uh, when I came back into this, the first one that I started buying cases for. Yeah, I ripped them. You know, me and Minxie used to rip them on my kitchen table. Yeah, um, I love that release. There is going to be a ridiculous amount of excitement over the next two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, whatever it is, till it comes. I'm guessing Select will do some previews again. They'll probably get Lynn Gilmartin out again. Um, are we going to fall into the similar trap that we have with footy stars that it's just going to be everyone like wanting to burst and it's just going to be turbocharged? I think so. I, I think that is this status quo now. Okay. Um, I, I said to you earlier, so we were discussing earlier just before we started the stream and literally about 8 o'clock we were just discussing, okay, um, what's the plan tonight sort of thing. Yeah. Um, we don't. We literally don't have a run sheet or anything like that going on in front of us. I'm looking at, at, at AJ across from me. Looks like we're in two different locations where it's not. The wall behind me is black. The wall behind him is white, but it's soon to have some amazing things going on. Yeah, anyway, anyway but yeah, the magic of TV. Um, but uh, I, I was saying earlier, you know, my, my background in the music industry and I, I have lived the evolution of how music is consumed and for those that remember, we won't go as far back as cassettes, but we'll talk about CDs for a second, is you would anticipate and look forward to a new album. An artist would announce an album that's coming out on this date. Normally it would be up to a, a few months beforehand, yeah? Yep. And singles would come out. You'd buy the single CDs and there'd be two or three singles and then an album would drop. You'd go out day one, you'd buy the album and, and you'd continue to pick it up. The CD would go in your car, in your discman, wherever it goes. And you would listen to that for pretty much the next sort of 12 months. I feel like there'd be a lot of people on this stream that wouldn't know what a disc is. There you go. Okay. It's this thing you used to put a compact disc in. <laughs> um, and, and, and basically, and you'd consume an album or a record, you know, you'd consume an album over a body of work over a period of time. Yep. In this day and age, music isn't consumed the same way. It's on demand based on whether it's streaming or download, but predominantly streaming, it's on demand. So an artist could release a new album at 11 o'clock tonight yep. and it will just get hammered, hammered for the next 24, 48 hours. It'll do 50 million streams. People who like that artist will just listen to it over and over. It'll playlist, all that sort of yep. stuff. And what's crazy is 48 hours later, people will be on the band social media saying, when's your next album coming out? When's a new album coming out? Yep. When's the next album coming out? To me... We are seeing the evolution of carts yep. and it's part of the whole collective, broader collectibles thing where consumption is happening again, that fast and furious is probably the way to describe it, where because the demand is so high and the participation rate is so high, it just creates this huge hype and the huge hype creates the fear and that fear of missing out. And as a result, people go very hard, very fast. And it just it just adds fuel to itself, basically. It's like a perpetual fire that just keeps going and, and just keeps going. So yep. and and that's the thing. Where where select and, and the manufacturers or the, the publishers need to be smart here is by keep in they've got to keep giving it the fuel, they've got to keep giving it air, but they can't do they can't give it too much, but they can't give it too little because if they wait too long yep. between a release, that's when the market really deflates. And that's why, again, if you go back and, and check our previous episodes of Card Authority around the release of Brilliance, that released right at a time where the steam was really starting to come out of the market yep. 
and it just pushed it right back up again. Well, they've still been in on a high since then. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we got out of dominance. Yeah. We kind of had a gut feeling something else was coming. It passed that day. That's right. And we're like, oh, we're done. There might be a Christmas release or something. Yeah. And then bang. Yeah. And then Brilliance just took over everything for life. And it feels like we haven't stopped since Brilliance now. It's almost kept going. Brilliance carried through brought a whole bunch of new people in. Yep. They started backlogging old collections and old yep. sets. And then the next thing you know, Footy Stars was upon us with, a, with a, a loaded release. And it's just one thing after the other. It just kept going. So that makes a good point, all right? And this is completely off topic. The fact that Select kind of move up with the releases, yeah. does that need to be changed based on the quiet times then? So if we're going to go out on such a big high with Brilliant, say, at the end of last year, and then come into, like, a footy stars, does footy stars need to raise or do they need to do something bigger to taper taper that off? It's a really good question because traditionally, you know, there has often been releases that have come out around Christmas time, but they've, they've... never been significant like a brilliance was. Yeah. So it's almost like there was that filler type of release. Now, I don't know if the intention of brilliance was to be a filler release, but it was the complete opposite. Absolutely. It was a super hyped excitement yep. new release yep. and viewed as a new release, not like the Christmas set, which, you know, there's a, there's a whack, a, there's, there's a one whack for select there on the, you know, that Christmas release a couple of years ago was, was horrific. And, uh, you know, uh, yes, it's still in my master's and I still have to get well, it. I think you can still buy it for 15 bucks. But how, how do you compare a Christmas release to a brilliance, brilliance release? Yep. Sure, different times, yep. but it makes no... It, it's, the, the, it's absolute apples and oranges. So whether something then has to come that's better than footy stars but not as good as brilliance after brilliance, yep. I don't know because I, I think... That is that supposed to be that two month downtime and that two month, you know, that summer period of, of dead zone sort of thing, you know, which now has become the time that people gap fill old sets. Or, or, you know what I mean? But if the demand is there, can they just keep rolling? And the community is yeah. frothing for it. Yeah. You know, why have that gap fill? Like, I understand the market is shifting and changing. Yeah. And look, there's a couple of comments here. It's a fine line between overcooking it, though. Yeah. As well. Glenny made a good comment there. Was releasing more series now each year is a limit to how many they should release. Could there be overkill? Well, as we saw in the 80s and 90s for NBA, you definitely can get to that point. Yeah. But I think if they're but doing the, yeah. four, five, six releases a year, it's pretty hard to well, overkill. That, that junk wax era, that sort of, what is it, 88 to 95 or 93, yeah. whatever it is of junk wax era, the difference is there is... It wasn't like there was so many different releases. It was so, so much of each release. They just mass produced. And I think yeah. the, the, the the concept of numbered cards and the, the serial numbered cards and therefore demonstrating the finite aspect, yeah. it, it mitigates that at this point in time. Yeah. So as Glenn says, it's exactly right. The way they turn it into junk wax again at this point while still maintaining numbered cards would be to overcook parallel releases, basically. Yeah, okay. That's where it becomes, where it goes over the top. So, for example, I think, like, so you got Footy Stars. We know Prestige is coming. Prestige is a hobby set parallel release of Footy Stars. It's not a true Series 2 release. It's it doesn't a, have a, signatures. It's, it's a 1.5. We've always called it a 1.5. Yeah. Yeah? I would see it to be problematic 
if all of a sudden a 1.75 came out after the 1.5, which was another parallel set of the parallel set, which was of series one. To me, that's when it gets to a point where, okay, now you're starting to take the piss. But where I don't have an issue is unique products in really limited form, such as the brilliance. And something that's really targeted or niche or specific, but also something that's not mass, mass produced, where it has a large scale chase involved, where it only requires two or three cards or potentially even one card right. for you well, as a collector. Well, I've got an idea, okay? And there was a thread that was on Good Vibes a couple of days ago. And this is, I'm not even told, this is just straight off the top of my head. Wouldn't this be a perfect opportunity in January if they did an AFLW release that was short print, perhaps digitally printed here like highlights so you could turn it around quicker, gives them clear air in AFLW season and actually has an opportunity to have a standalone release that you could maybe do signature redemptions or something like that, which then doesn't interfere or... Um, oversubscribe and overproduce the other releases later in the year. I I think that probably leads to the bigger conversation about AFLW and its inclusion within trading cards in general. It's obviously a raging debate. It's an ongoing debate. It's something that probably, to be honest, in in terms of what I've seen in terms of online conversation hit hit its peak this week with with that big thread that was going on on Good Vibes, on the Really Good Vibes Facebook page. For anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, there's a Facebook page for an Australian based trading community called Really Good Vibes. Um, and then a lot of conversation takes place on that page. Uh, there was a discussion about is Select doing enough with respect to the inclusion? Um, but yeah, you were talking very much about the, the quality of AFLW and... Um, yeah, so, oh, sorry, I don't know how much of my conversation, or how much of that... There was, was a, there was a <laughs> there's, really a thread, there's a big conversation about it. I'm a big supporter of... of of the AFLW stuff. I think that over time, as the stature of AFLW continues to increase within the broader community and the sports community, it means the the nature of its collectability, the merchandising, all that sort of stuff will increase and we'll see a natural progression of inclusion of AFLW. Yep. Whether it's ready for its own standalone series and sets right now and the demand exists for it to be a viable business thing yep. and a viable business proposition, I don't really know. From a personal perspective, from a per, from, from yeah, I used up the word. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from, a, from, a, from a personal perspective, I if there was to be an AFLW series, I would want it to be a high quality product, but still at a medium to low price point. So I would like to see a series two quality. AFL product, but that would sit maybe in the four to five dollar price range per packet. Yep. Um, you know, there wouldn't be as many cards in the series or anything like that, but that would prompt me to buy it. Whereas, sort of as you suggested before, if there was a digital print release, like a highlights type product of AFLW, I personally I, I wouldn't collect that. No, no, no I don't necessarily yeah. need highlights. I guess there is there is certain logistics that differ between AFL and AFLW. Uh, absolutely. And, and the fact that AFLW is in a window of about six to eight weeks, yeah. the teams are generally finalised a month before, knowing full well from that we've talked about numerous times, a Series 2 release is seven or eight months in the making. Yeah. You, you just couldn't do it yeah. to release in yeah. January. Yeah. 
back in April. Yeah, yeah. So the the way that I see that it could shift is that I, I say the digitally printed one. There's no reason why you can't add things like signatures or relics or things yeah. like that, which could be redemption-based. Yeah, redemption-based, yeah. But you could print it in December, yeah. package it up, get it here, sell it mid-January, and then you've got a product that's actually hitting the current players while the season's going on. Yeah. And then the Series 2 aspect of redemptions and things like that can be done can later, be done on. later yeah. on. Yeah. So that that's, you yeah. know, I, I think... Yeah, Pete, 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 and that's exactly right. Yeah, great idea, Pete, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, Pete. Like, at the end of the day, it's a really hot market at the moment. So I suppose if you were going to have a, have a shot at it, the next 12 months is probably the window where you'd want to, want yeah. to actually do it. Um, yeah, they, they could, Odie, they could release a smaller print run, but the, the, that's it's just about production. So for people that may or may not know, selects cards and their releases, footy stars, all those sorts of things, to the best of my knowledge, are printed in China or somewhere over in Asia. There's obviously a manufacturing process and then it's physically shipped over on a boat. So you're talking about a month production, a month on the boat. That's two months just there. That's before you do design, legals, sign-off from the AFLPA, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it just that's why, as, as we've discussed plenty of times, it's seven or eight months in the building in a building of a set to get released. Yeah. Whereas the highlight cards, and I use the term highlight not to devalue it at all, but that's decided on a Monday. Yeah. They go on sale on a Tuesday, and they're probably printing them on a Thursday or Friday to then send out the following yeah. week. So um, I don't know. I just think you, Pete, spot on. This is the the way to or the perfect time to try it with very little to low risk. Um, and again you can get around it by doing redemptions. Yeah. Absolutely, just redemptions. That's right. Daisy yeah. Pierce signatures or Monique Conti or Katie yeah. Brennan or whoever it might be. Yeah. Um, so Heritage came out... Oh, sorry, yeah, you're right. That's, Glenn's asked a really good question there. Uh, we're sorry to miss that. Uh, how much does Select Watch and interact with the card communities online currently? I mean, Glenn, your guess is as good as ours, but from what we can gather, yeah, they are seeing what people are saying, and yep. they are engaging with that feedback. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, you know, it's fair to say, like, we're we're pretty confident that they watch Card Authority and well, I mean, how can they? Yeah, and, and take note of what's being said and the engagement and the discussions that are taking place here. Yeah. So we would like to think that this is a really great outlet for people to give those opinions in the same way that we would expect they're probably pretty closely in this day and age engaged in Facebook and Instagram. Yep. They seem to be right on it with their own socials. Well, that's so, a, so it's probably fair to say they're monitoring what everyone else is saying and it doing. It feels like right. since brilliance, yeah. there's been a, a shift there. A yeah. shift with their social media. Yeah, and maybe they've got a new marketing guy or social media guy, who knows. But yeah. there, there seems to be more posts and more replying. You know, like I saw Connor send them a message on Instagram the other day and they replied. Yeah. You know, my dealings with that historically yeah. were you didn't get replies on social media. That's right. So yeah. clearly there's someone that's doing more. I mean, Glenn, how much are they actually watching and interacting? I don't know. I'm presume they've all got burner accounts like we all do. <laughs> I mean, Jake's. Um, so, Asha, that's interesting. I didn't even realise, to be honest, Asha, I bought it 
Oh, yeah. I put it in my cart. I was actually driving. I shouldn't have been doing it whilst I was driving. Sorry. You, AJ, pulled, you pulled over, didn't you? I pulled over to do it. Yep. Because I, I wasn't planning on it and then I just did it. And I posted up my screenshot as a comment. And I looked at everyone else's screenshots and everyone else's screenshot said application submitted. My screenshot just had $99 payments gone through. And I called him quickly. I called AJ and I was like, mate, I think there's something wrong. I think I'm like, straight up barred here i can't even get i can't even get it and, and he's like what do you mean i said well my screenshot looks different to everyone i was like yeah well done idiot you didn't re you didn't actually read it it said very clearly click on this link and do the submission and put in the details so i haven't had a chance yet but i'm going to do it after the show tonight is i'm going to get my submission details in yeah um, but i didn't realize and there you go that's good on him for for looking into those sorts of things as well and where people are engaging from yeah. So look, you know, I think obviously, you know, if they're not, they certainly should be taking more time and looking into those things. And and Richo, you said I like to engage more like Cherry Crew does. I think it it's a bit different. Like Cherry is effectively a store like we are here at RGV, and we yeah. engage obviously in different platforms across our network. We've got the time and the ability to do that. The the manufacturer or the publisher, in theory that's probably not their role to be doing that. Like you don't see sort of Coca-Cola, you know, standing at 7-Eleven asking for feedback on their drinks. Yeah. Can't sort of do that in the same way. But I think it's definitely, again, the responsibility or something that we should be doing as retailers or community members or break pages yeah. or whatever to be having these conversations and getting the feedback yeah. that select can look at a difference uh, have you got an example of how select made a change from consumer feedback i can give you a real example of it shoot three or four weeks ago this very show right here we got we managed to get one of one of the first boxes we believe or, or first uh, first cases which had its first, first boxes of yep. uh, footy stars and we pulled out the diarcos bank card yep members included many of the people watching and engaging us right now had very strong opinions about that card and as a result what we would like to believe the feedback and the main feedback channel that they saw was coming through here and through the online network, was they have offered to replace those cards? Settle down, killer. No, but that is genuine feedback from the community. Yeah. If the, if the community's not saying, Diarcos, 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 that's true. The publisher has well, it would have no intent. So, if you go back fifteen years ago, I can't imagine that when the communities aren't online and whether that's a facebook community a podcast or whatever it is yep. and it's only physical that one or two phone calls to the publisher is going to get a print run changed over yeah it's not going to happen but the very broad and vocal voices and how people amplify it on social media yep. such as the commentary on here is is how that happens yeah well i think probably even just to wind that back a little bit one of the things that this has always fascinated me about cards is Select would not have known about the Diarcos issue. But that's issue. what I mean. No, and for no other reason, regardless of what the community was saying, when we pulled that card out, as we, you know, obviously one of the first to get it, they didn't know. But the, 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 and that's what I'm yeah, trying to say. They didn't know. There was no, there's no awareness. But about the replacement, I think that's just something that they've been no, but, but better, the, better about. Absolutely. Doing, yeah. But, it, but they, they, if they don't know, they can't act upon it. 
That's true. And the knowledge becomes the power yeah, for true. them. That's true. And the knowledge becomes the power not just for them, but for the people as well, because yeah. it's up to us to notify them. Now, there's always going to be things that, that can't be changed and can't be replaced. Yeah. But unless they know about it, how can they make the decision in the first place? No, that's true. And that's, that's true. why these type of things, such as the communities, are so important. Absolutely. No, no, I definitely agree with that. But, you know, I, I don't know whether or not single-handedly we were responsible I'm not, for I'm the, not saying single-handedly. I'm saying that that gonna gonna replace the I'm trying to use it as an example of community engagement yeah. that creates awareness, which leads to change. I was more concerned you were going to bring up the fact that you thought Jack Steele should have been the highlight every week. And then finally... You, they gave it to I you. I was absolutely blind. And you ordered so many. Let me break the printer. You broke the printer. Yeah, broke the printer. I mean, that's a pretty that's good working word. example. Um, Squid's just asked a question here or made a statement. More engagement by our social channels and a face is selected as a player ambassador, what kind of like Dipper was with team. Well, I think they've kind of already trying to do that with Lynn Gilmartin. There was definitely a shift there from brilliance. They're certainly engaging her more into do with the videos. Again, I don't know, but I presume she's going to do stuff for Prestige. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. spot on, Asha. And and here's the thing: I reckon there's probably a heap. There's probably a heap of examples. Yeah, that's good of, point, the, of things that so they've done. So we'll just read it out. So if people are seeing, also yeah. the problems with Bruins cards. They did an excellent job attending to these issues with quality. Yep, I'd agree. And I admit I've had some cards replaced myself that were factory damaged. Um, well, no, George. So George has said, but isn't the day cost issue an obvious error required an immediate fix rather than a change? So historically... They're not obligated to do it. Firstly, they're no, not no, obligated to do it. There's a difference yeah. between a damaged card, which due, due to consumer rules they need to amend, and then a card that has actually been error. printed in, incorrectly. Yeah. Error cards have been around forever. And, I mean, we can go back and have a look over many, many series of all sorts of errors across all different sports and manufacturers. Yeah. So there's definitely no, um, you know, immediate attention they had to do it. They could have just said, well, it was Diakos. It is what it is. He needs to go change his name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, they, they certainly weren't compelled to do it. But I think the other good example is with what happened with the Premier, the Richmond Premier's collector. Yeah. They had the wrong score on it. Yeah. So they set up a process that if you wanted to send it in, to. Yeah. they'll yeah, replace it. So, voluntarily. so, yeah, I think that's a good way that's sort of shown that they have done things. The second help. half of what George has said there is interesting in the media feed, rather than a change on overall collector habits and trends. I would also probably argue that they do actually, they are involved in in the the trend setting, I suppose, of certain things. and. Probably one of the unique aspects to AFL cards, which therefore is unique to select because they, they're the primary manufacturer there and the manufacturer of collectible AFL cards is numbering and how they have ingrained the importance of numbering within the AFL community, whereby the numbering of cards, both the print volume of the card, but also the low numbers and the jersey numbers has such a, a more significant level of importance than it does across other international sports. Yep. So, whereby you'd very you'd be very hard pressed in AFL to find a card that is numbered to one hundred ninety nine of of John Smith that's more valuable than a card numbered to fifty of John Smith. Whereas in NBA, there could be the card number to one ninety nine of of a Zion depending on the variation, could be worth 20 times the amount of a Zion number to 25. Like, it's it's very different. And I would say that they've probably created that culture domestically yep, within, within AFL cards. So, and that, that's something they've done for a very long time and yep. continue to do. 
And that's why I see one of their key focuses is really on numbering and they nail it. They absolutely nail it. Yeah, and that's what makes it unique. Yeah. And I, I think also just to add to George's point too, like if you do any sort of MBA purchasing, I mean, the quality of their cards are horrendous, but I'm, I'm trying to think whether it's Hoops or Mosaic or what are the ones last year. They didn't even print the bloke's name. <laughs> like it was a white panel where the yeah. name should be. And it clearly just... It just missed it. I mean, are they replacing those cards? Panini would never do that. Anyway. Yeah, that's it. We do, we, and that's the thing, like all companies get the clip for quality control. Yep. But uh, again, Select probably demonstrated the quality control stuff with, with but, the, the again, highlights. The but again, highlights but yeah. let's just stress, yeah. there is a difference between quality control on manufacturing and production issues yeah. and a quality control on design errors. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, is there never going to be a mistake? No. Are they always going to replace it like Dacos? Probably not. But they certainly are doing the right thing. Um, there were always... Oh, okay. So, sorry. Um, so, that then brings us a little bit closer to where we are now. Heritage was released last week. Um, we'll get to all the, the, the Collector Club questions shortly, Richo. So Heritage was released this week. Yeah. Um, it's a 2011 repack product. Um, do you just want to explain to the, the guys on the stream that aren't aware of it, what was the original product? Okay, so in 2011, a special product was released. It was outside the norms of normal. It was outside of normal series. It was a unique premium product that was released. And selectors often done this over the years where they have an entire series that can only be purchased as a hot, as a single item. And it was a book, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so you effectively got a folder which contained 24 cards, 12 signatures, 12 action cards, yep. and all the cards would be the same number and you could only buy it as the set. And from memory, it was $1,999. Yep. Obviously a very unique piece, but also a piece that is, it has a price barrier to it because at $2,000, and especially 10 years ago, so it's a lot of money and not many people can afford it. As a result of that, um, not that the uptake wasn't huge on it. How many were there? So 100 of the signature sets. Yep. And then the, you could also then buy the non-six sets. There was 400 separated out from, yep. the, from okay. the first 100, right? So there's only 100 of these yeah. books so, you so, could buy. That's right. So yep. in theory, there's only a, there was only 100 of each signature card produced and there was 100 of the full sets sold, right? Yep. They obviously didn't all get sold. They then, at a point, I think last year, got taken off the market. They'd always been available. They were taken off the market, and those cards have effectively been repackaged. Yep. Now, in the context of a collector, this is what's taken place here is absolutely critically important to a lot of people's collections. Because like me... So team set collectors. Yeah, team set collectors yep. and, and, and master set collectors, but more so team set collectors. Because the whole problem has been that when someone acquires a full unique set of cards all with the same number, very rarely are they ever actually going to break that down. So as a result, right. as a team master set collector, those become typically the hardest cards to get. So the other examples, like there was a Select Scanlands collaboration release. Oh, yeah. I think it was 03. Three or 06, I can't exactly remember. They were like half-sized cards or two-thirds size like miniature cards. Right. Um, and the same thing, they were only sold as a whole set. So the ability to get just your one or two from your team is very difficult. So Heritage is what it's done is presented the opportunity 
for people to actually get cards as team collectors that they haven't been able to fill. Now, a lot of people know I'm a team master set collector. I'm very close to the St Kilda master set. I'm at 96%, not many to go. Up until a couple of days ago, one of the cards, which I have not been able to get over the last three years for my master set, is the 2011 Carl Ditterich Heritage card. Right. So had Select not done what they've done. I've been chasing the man. That's right. Had they not done this, I would still potentially be waiting another decade for someone to break up a full set and to luckily come across it, if ever. So for me, what that actually does is instill the mantra that I think Select is really pushing at the moment. And I know you and I have discussed this a few times. And contrary to what people may see on the surface and, and, and how things are perceived and whatever, from what we can tell, everything they're doing with their releases, the repackage, the way they're dispersing the product online, like how they did it with Brilliance, setting up the club, all these sorts of things, it all ultimately leads to the mantra that they are trying to get the product opened and into the hands of collectors. And at the end of the day, it's going to make its way through resellers, flippers, bot users, everything else. That will always happen regardless. But I really, truly believe over the last 12 months, they've taken really, really significant steps, which to me, without them saying it, absolutely indicate their actual intent albeit they're a business and they're trying to make money, the intent is to get the product out and opened so it can get into the hands of collectors and not tied up in storage, basically. So I I agree with you and I think that makes sense, but there's a huge a sound from the crowd that would say it's not that, it's Select just doing a cash grab. So... Do you think that there is that just a perception thing? Well, I think the reality is there okay. is well, forget forget that that aside. A cash grab can only be a cash grab if someone's giving the cash. You're not going to hand over the cash for something you don't want. That's true. No one's forcing them to buy. Anything. No one's forcing anyone to buy anything. Yeah. 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 I didn't have to buy into the collectors club. I wasn't. I was on the fence about the collectors club, and then the fear just hit me, and I thought, well, you know what? There's rationale here. We'll talk about it later in the show, but no one forced me to buy footy stars. After I spent a fortune last year on footy stars, I said to myself, why am I spending all this money on series one? Then I saw the previews. I saw the checklist. I got excited. I smashed series one. It's like I'm going to smash prestige. And, And at the end of the day, if they're releasing the quality product that we want as collectors, that we think have investment value, that we think will retain value, that we enjoy opening, we engage, it provides us entertainment. For people like me, it provides me something to do with my children. Yep. I'll keep buying it and no one's forcing me to. So cash grab or not, they're a business. They're not here just to hand out things to people so everyone can go, yay, I, I, I've got what I wanted. Yep. That, 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 it, the world, the, unfortunately, the world does not work like that. As much as some people may want to believe that's the case, the world doesn't work like that, especially when we live in a capitalist society. We want these companies to succeed because if they don't, we don't have the enjoyment, we don't have the communities, we don't have a podcast, we don't have all these people to talk to. 
You're speaking way too. You're speaking way too much. That, that's Sanchez. the reality. That's the reality of it. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Stevens just asked a question there. If you're a master set collector, surely you would want the common and the sig to have the same number. I yeah. mean, fairly nice, I guess. Yeah, and I would say, Stephen, like the master set collectors that were around in 2011, they're probably mostly the people that bought that product yeah. and bought the full set, which is exactly the reason why it's so difficult to find them because those people will never break those sets up. What? So, again, it just lends to the notion that the only way people such as myself and the many other team set collectors were ever going to get those cards was if it was reformatted in a way like this. Well, and I think, I, I, I don't, I hope he won't mind me saying this, I'm sure he won't, but Martin Davis, who yep. arguably has the best, the best in the signature collection oh, yeah. of Richmond and West Coast specifically, um, but yeah, one of the best collectors, I think he's, I'm sure it was him, explained to me that he effectively <laughs> went in with a group of people, they bought the album, and then they all got the teams they wanted, yeah. and that was how they got their signatures from those original yeah, sets. Exactly. So he would obviously have matching numbers for his Richmond ones, I'd say, for the set. Yeah. Um, that's right. Only matching to 100 Gribble. That's right. But I mean, the reality is that those matching numbers you can try to upgrade to later on. Yeah. But just having that in your master set yeah, is more important. Set. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Richo is saying he did an album share as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it makes sense. And I mean, you know, if uh, oh, you bought number 100. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's sick. That's sick. Um, so, Richo, was it a situation where you could choose the number that you wanted or uh, how did it work? Because yeah. we'd love to, to find out about that now if we could. Yeah. It's something a lot of people have been asking. We haven't been able to get a proper answer on it yet. Yeah. So, look, Heritage Johnson came out. We we broke, oh, I think we opened, what, 20 boxes here in 20, two days? 20 boxes in two days. Yeah. Yep. Um, is this an undervalued series? Like the fact that we know that there's effectively a hundred signature cards, we know about 47, 40 or 43, I think there's 57 sets or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. But let's let's call it 50, just yeah. for our number. These cards are effectively numbered to 50 because the ones in the albums are not although, although they say 100, yeah. In theory, in this release, yes, they're yeah. they're numbered to 50. Yeah. So is there a case that these are heavily undervalued? Well, it, it depends. It's, you know, cards are a really funny thing because that then brings it back to the notion of supremacy. How are lower produced cards of higher quality from the most premium product of all time still selling for one third of the price as a not as good card from a series two product of the same year or the next year? Right, okay. So it, th there just seems to be so many factors in people's mindset. And to me, this is another product which will ultimately stand the test of time like a supremacy yep. where it will actually continue to go up over time as people realise the rarity. Because what's not happening with these things is people get caught in the moment of, as you like to say, the shiny new thing. Mm -hmm at a given point in time, yep. and then they forget for a period, but then they go back. Yep. And that's what then puts price pressure on those previous releases. Yep. And I think this is probably one of those ones that once it's all gone, 
it'll start to have a bit of pressure applied to it because you've got to see signatures. That's one of the really big motivating factors here. And they're a good-looking card. There's some signature cards and then there's signature cards. These are legitimately great penmanship on a really good-looking card. Um, I, I think that... Oh, sorry, there's lots of questions coming through there. I, I generally think that a lot of those cards, the fact that some of those people are deceased, yeah, you know... These these are undervalued in my opinion. Like yeah. some of the prices I've seen floating around for a card that's effectively numbered forty or fifty, these are undervalued. Yeah, absolutely undervalued. Can you bring up Chris Brown's card? Yeah, of course. So that's a good one from Breezy. Old, yeah. Older players never seem to command the prices that modern day players, unless it's an absolute superstar. So two two things. Um, ne never's probably a bit too strong there, Breezy, but I will use the word often. And, and historically, but I think that's changing. Well, look, at, from, think, look, think, at, look at Brilliant. I think that's Brilliant. changing. I think things like Brilliance and Supremacy is what's changing that because what's been going on is the speculation. People are going hard at modern players yeah. where they're speculating that they become Hall of Famers and Legends of the Future whilst not thinking about the people of the past. And right I think that's right. And what's funny that happened in NBA over the last few years is all the hype has been about the rookie cards and the rookie and people paying now the price of future success. Yep. Whereas in the last six months, that's been flipped on its head and the true value yep. of the existing and the, 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 the real superstars and the Hall of Famers has started to rise at a much, much bigger and faster rate. And that's where you see things like rookie, you know, Jordan and LeBron rookie cards all of a sudden going from low thousands and low tens of thousands into hundreds of thousands and cracking the million barrier yep. as well. Absolutely. So I think we, we I, I think as the hype of the now and the future starts to wear off with people, that's where, where we start to see the ongoing increases. So do you think that... Um you know, Kane asked a good question about whether or not there are any other John Kennedy Senior certified signature products. Are there any other ones? Yeah, not that can I'm you, aware. Can you think of any other guys? No, no, I'm not aware. No, there is no other John Kennedy Senior. The, 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 those 2011 Heritage cards are, are effectively the last ever authentically signed cards by. John Kennedy Senior. Yeah, the only ones. Yeah, uh, uh, the, well, I'm not a Hawks collector, so I don't really know. But yeah, all right, are, are we back there? Sorry, looks like we lost a bit of internet there for a second. We're back. We're back. We're back. All right. To uh, definitely credit to the person that said Elsa there, Daniel. That's, uh, <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, the internet. So, Sorry, I don't, I, don't, I don't know where that cut off, yeah. but basically, we were just talking about. Lou Richards and the comparison that a Lou Richards signature versus a Scott Pendlebury captain signature, will Scott Pendlebury end up, you know, at the same status as Lou Richards? Who knows? But yep. Lou Richards ain't signing any more SIGs moving forward on any cards. I can tell you that much. That's right. And then obviously we were just talking about the, the Legends Hall of Fame signatures and that subset. Yep. And they are the, the ultimate one of the, you know, they're right up there with the captain signature subset. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, look, uh, obviously, we're, you know, I'm very conscious of the internet, so we'll push on. But, look, this is obviously a conversation we can talk about some of the values of the older cards later on. Yeah. 
Um, let's have a chat about what everyone wants to talk about is obviously the Select Collectors Club. They released that uh, officially this afternoon or this evening at five o'clock um, to give everyone a little bit of a snapshot for people that haven't seen or heard about it. Effectively, it is a priority access club where you pay a fee of $99 if you are then approved, you have access to at least one box of every future release yep. for the next 12 months. So at this stage, it looks like Prestige, which they've announced, Series 2, which who knows what that is, and any premium release that they do at the end of the year, which I guess we probably suspect is Supremacy. Yeah. So for $99, you get um, access to the club, you get a folder, a club folder, you get a hat and that's it. So what is your general feeling of this collector club? We've obviously debated it at length today, James. Obviously the commentary has been very fierce um, all over the groups the last couple of days. Should we start with the negative and move into the positive? Shoot, go. I wear a hat every day. Yep. It's fair to say I'm not going to be wearing a select hat. Even if it's the best That's hat not, you've ever seen. It's not an incentive for me. Okay. The hat is not an incentive for me. Yep. Folder, good one. I like that. Yep. In saying that, plenty of people have actually commented and messaged that one of the things they're actually looking forward to is the hat. But to me, that is not an incentive for something like this. The folder, cool. We're getting 20, 25 bucks value back out here, $99. Yep. So let's break up the rest of it. So what do we got there? 65 bucks you're paying for something yep. for 12 months with no guarantees that you're getting anything else given to you yep. as such for free. But who knows? Maybe they give you something at some point, a merchandise, yep. a packet yep. of card, whatever it may be. So what are you paying your $65 for? You're paying $65 for the right to have access to purchase something and to be guaranteed access to something. Yep. Two years ago, you'd probably be lucky to get five people to sign up to it. Yep. Because it really has no benefit. You were able to buy whatever you want whenever you wanted. Fast forward to 2021. Yep. And I was on the fence until I really thought rationally about it. It's pretty good. Like you're paying 65 bucks to guarantee yourself a box of prestige, a box of Series 2, and a box of Supremacy. Yep. Now, let's be realistic about it. If the price of Supremacy is, let's say, $500 like it was last time, yep. and someone came to me and said, I can guarantee you X amount of boxes of Supremacy. Well, just one. One box. One box of Supremacy, yep. but you pay an extra $65 for it, I would say, how many can I actually get? I'll take as, as, as many as I can possibly get. Yep. We all know that the reality is with what's going on in this day and age that at the point of a product being sold out on the, on the publisher's website, on the select website in mm -hmm. this case, it will already be on the secondary market, not just listed, yep. but selling at yep. double the price easily. Yep. So it begs the, the, the question of, well, if you're someone that's prepared to go on eBay and pay Seven fifty or a thousand for a five hundred dollar box. Yep. Then why wouldn't you just save yourself the hassle and pay the sixty? You know, get it for sixty five bucks now yep. and have it locked in. And that's for one series. 
let's put things aside and say, okay, maybe supremacy doesn't come out this year. So the true benefit you're getting as per what they said in their, their that post that they put up or the details they put up, that prestige and series two, well, same thing. We're breakers. We know how much we've been paying to yep. get boxes of dominance off the secondary market. Yep. And it's a lot more than a $65 premium on top of the RRP, I can tell you that. Yeah. So I was on the fence. I've thought rationally about it. I don't like the hat. I think the idea of a loyalty club is really good. I think the access to product in advance and guaranteed access to product is really good. Yep. How they police it and how they limit it in terms of that quantity and how that plays out in the real world is yet to be seen. Mm -hmm. But I would like the access. Yeah, and I completely agree with you from, from a, a collector point of view. And again, I think this is, as you were just saying before, another perfect example of why, um, you know, Selector doing the right things to get people on board and that product in the hands of collectors. This is another example where they are looking to take a big chunk of the allocation, get it directly into a qualified collector's hands yeah. so that it's not going on eBay straight away and doubling its price. Yeah. Is it going to run smoothly? Only time will tell. You know, is it going to be taken advantage of? Only time will tell. But I think the fact that it's only a three-day window that you can register for, yeah. and by the sounds of it, they are going to vet it from all the T's and yeah. C's, I mean, I don't see it as a cash grab. I see it as, well, sorry, it's not that it's a cash grab. It's, it's not as though they're just taking 100K and putting it in their pocket. They are facilitating you getting something cheaper than you'd be buying it on the secondary market. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think, you know, some of the commentary I've read, which I think is spot on, is, well, for every person that signs up and then gets one of those boxes, it just takes away from the inventory that the, those real professional flippers that are using the box and the scripts can actually acquire. Because yep. if the inventory is not there to buy, it stops it from being pumped on that secondary market. And you, and you can still, and you can still, even if you're if you're accepted, yeah. Which you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You will still be able to go on the public sale and try to and, buy. And probably buy you, it's not as though yeah. it's one or the other. Yeah. It's an addition. Yeah. And, and I suppose the biggest, yeah. My, my thing here is, it's now all about what is that vetting process. Well, and and, Dan, and Danny's was, just said, if I get knocked back, I'm going to write. Well, I mean, I've got no idea what the process yeah. is. But if you... We would all uh, feel the same. Of course. Yeah. But I mean, if you've bought product off Select previously, you're a real person with a real address. I can't see, unless you're doing fraudulent activities or you've set up multiple accounts and tried to game the system, why you would get me knocked back. Yeah. I don't think it's about... I've seen some comments today about, you know, whether you're nice or, or whether you're, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's going to be about personalities. Yeah, I, can't. I, I think it's more about people taking advantage of it and trying to get more than one account. That would be my guess. And that actually answers the question, Kate, that's on the screen. Daniel, uh, Daniel we'll do Stephen's comment afterwards. Anything that can get me a guaranteed spot of supremacy, I will buy into. And I think that's the general sentiment. Absolutely. That's, <coughs> that's the big selling point here. Yep. And I suppose that the interesting thing And is, I'll just say that the record. We're not saying that there is supremacy. No. We don't, we don't know, but... All the things that we've heard 
from everyone in the Everyone's community. Everyone's speculation is yeah. that there is. And they did say a year ago that it was going to come back well, to that's right. The, the, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, the, you know, a, a select employee was saying for a long period of time that yeah. it's coming out in 2021, it's coming out in 2021. Yeah. I think someone just mentioned before in the comments, mm. actually, that it had been said recently still yeah. that it is coming out this year. So we're going to speculate and assume that it is coming out. Yep. And and that's exactly what you've said there, Daniel. I think anyone who was around over the last two years would feel the exact same. And I think it's probably a bit of a shame that they can't, if supremacy is coming out, it's obviously so far down the pipeline, it's not something that can be announced now. No. So it's, it's, you know, if they publish that, Supremacy next to where it said prestige, and I think it said series two. Series two yeah. and, and what else? Did, what was the other wording? It had something about other release, premium releases Pre or whatever. Premium, premium release, if premium yeah. release was replaced with the word supremacy, they probably got 3,000 applications sitting there. Boom. That's right. Like okay. instant. Yep. Snap. Thousands of applications. The yep. air of ambiguity means people are. Uh, 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 not failing capacity to properly acknowledge the actual value add there is with something like this. Yep. Yep. I agree. Oh. It's, it's just, again, take away all the other releases. 99 bucks to guarantee a box of supremacy, $99 above retail. Thank you. I'll take it. Well, it's not even that because like, you're talking about- Just give me access to the product. Yeah. Like, and look, you know, it's already, we, we like to buy boxes. We like to open them. Yeah. I understand there are some people out there that for whatever reason, don't want to buy a box, can't afford to buy a box, would prefer to buy singles, fantastic. You don't need to go and buy the membership. Courses for courses, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But for the, the way the community is changing and people want to, and look, you know, as I should have said, $99 to relieve my anxiety before each, each release, fantastic. If you're in the position that you could afford that, that absolutely... You know, oh, and Danny's just saying the same thing about same brilliance. Thing. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to make sure they got it. So if that's going to help you get it, fantastic. And that's the thing. Like, and let's be realistic about it. Say I get my club membership. Why well, better select? If you're watching, please look after your boy. He's a big collector. Uh, no, don't worry about that guy over here. Over here. But my intent would be, well, I'll take advantage of both. I'll be so happy that I get my guaranteed one. But it's not going to stop me to go for my other one that I'm entitled to do as well. Cool. But what it does do is when I miss out on that one, I'm entitled to a general on sale because, one, there's only half the product available because it's gone to the members. Yep. And, two, I'm fighting a 1,000 boxes where 20,000 people are trying to buy them. At least that I still know that come that release day, I'm getting the one that I was guaranteed I was always getting. Absolutely. And that, to me, that is the defined and the, the perceived and defined value of what's yep. it called? The SCC Select Creative Club. <laughs> I've bought that a few times. <laughs> Select Collector Club. Um, so look, overall, everyone's going to make the decision for themselves. You've got a few days to register. You can use your stars. That's what's the other cool thing that I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So if you do have stars, you have bought from previous products. Cash your stars in. Use them. And, and it costs you nothing then. Or makes. Well, depends what you've bought in the but, past. But effectively, if they weren't giving you the stars which they don't have to do, they only introduced those like 18 months ago. Yep. So if you happen to have been a customer that's purchased a bunch of stuff in the past, $1,000 worth of goods or $999 worth of goods, well, you're, you're effectively getting the membership for free. No, you're getting like 10 bucks. Or is it $10,000? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so so whatever it is, but whatever that is, it's a, it's a value back. It's a value add back. Yeah, because you're using your frequent flyer points to re-sign up to your frequent flyer program. Yep. Yep. In in yeah, okay. context, so yeah, it, it's for us. It seems like a no-brainer, but look, it's not for everyone. And again, we don't work for select. We're not pushing it, but you know, I know how tense it is on release day. You know how tense it is release day. It would be nice to know that whatever the release is for the next twelve months. I know I've got a box. Yeah. So make the choices for yourself, get involved, and um, hopefully we can all crack boxes. when so you Between, between now and then, we'll, we'll be oiling the bots. We've got all these oh. bots out the back, and we just oil them up. Set of bots. Set of Get them already. All right. all right. Well, look, obviously, we've been going for almost an hour and a half, as per usual. Wow. But, I mean, what everyone's waiting for, and I know everyone's going to jump off watching the footy now straight away. Unicorn hunting. Well... The reason we've been around for a couple of weeks is because I've been very hard at work with a lasso, with like a spear, trying to track down. A couple of weeks ago, Drew put out the challenge for a Caleb Sarong 2019 draft pick card. So, you know, you buy the draft pick the cards, draft the sets. sets. Yeah. Super short print. There are only about 50 or 60 of them. There's not a lot. Well, it actually happened today. I was uh, doing some wheeling and dealing with somebody, and in conversation, they said to me, I've got a set of 2019 draft pick cards. So after a few backwards and forwards, a few shufflings, I have landed the Caleb Sarong for Drew. Bang, AJ Wayne. Always delivering the unicorns. So I will have it in my hand in a couple of days. We will present it on the show next week. I've already reached out to Drew. He was ecstatic. So um, very exciting. Always good to land some unicorns very for you guys, hunters. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have got a unicorn for this week, which is going to be a little bit tougher, but um, we do have one. But if you've got a unicorn that you want to submit, get on to cardauthority.com.au. Obviously, we have all our previous shows, podcasts, videos, Jenks's bio, and you can have a look and submit a unicorn that you're looking for. But this week's Unicorn Janks, it's a tough one. Is it? It's a tough one. It's from 2017, Future Force, a Sam Walsh Red. Wow. Okay, that, that's a big cut. Yep. That is one of my, as you know, personally, that's one of my favourite series yep. of all time. And one so, of the, the rarest. They're numbered to 40. 40. Yeah. So Sean has reached out. It's the last Sam Walsh card he needs for his um, player set. Yeah. So if you've got a 2017 red Future Force Sam Walsh, number to 40, get in touch with either me or Janks. We will see if we can get a deal done. We're not paying for it. We're not paying for no, it. No, we are not. But we'll assist. We'll assist. We'll help broker. Yep. We may even contribute some cards if there's yep. a trade If involved. that's needed. So reach out. If you know anyone that's got those, obviously it's from a few years ago, give us a yell and we will see if we can help Sean complete his Sam Walsh set. But wow, it's so good landing a unicorn. The un so good. The hunt. The it's unicorn so hunting has become a real thing now. I know. Well. It's quite I amazing. Know. I don't know how you've developed this, mate. It happens. Hard work. Outstanding about... night. Outstanding job tonight. Thank AJ. you. Thank you. You're back in full flight, my friend. Well, you know, we're here to uh, for the people. But look, thank you to everyone for viewing the show. I know it wasn't ideal that we clashed with the footy. We will go back to our midweek slot next week. Um, as always, stay tuned to Card Authority on Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. 
You name it, it's everywhere. We'll be back next week. Janks, amazing as always. Sunny out. Good night. Ah, wrong mouse. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you guys. See Cheers. you guys. <laughs>